Welcome to Five Dubs by MDDC Press. I'm your host, Rebecca Snyder, the Executive Director of the Maryland, Delaware, and DC Press Association, which represents news media in our region. Five Dubs focuses on the who, what, when, where, and why of local news media. We'll talk with the journalists about the stories behind the news. You can find more information about our guests in the show notes or on our website, www.5-dubs.com. So welcome to Five Dubs. I'm your host, Rebecca Snyder. And today I have in the studio with me, Kevin Barrier, MDDC's Advertising Director. Welcome, Kevin. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I wanted to invite you on the program because we've heard a lot about digital advertising recently in Maryland. Um, Listeners may know that the uh, digital ad tax has now um, will go into effect in in the next month or so. There is a legal challenge um, pending for that tax, but essentially it means that digital uh, advertising will be subject to a tax, sort of a, a sliding scale tax based on the revenues of the company that is providing the advertising. And so I felt like it was timely to talk about what digital advertising is and how how the different versions stack up. So we have local media, we've got big tech. And so who better to talk to than our fabulous ad director? So Kevin, can you break it down just at a at a basic level when when we talk about digital advertising, what does that mean? Yeah, so d- digital advertising by definition is the ability for a business to get their message out digitally. Now, you know, in today's world, businesses have really begun to hover towards Google ads and social media marketing because those platforms by by those big tech companies have been designed to be you know, an easy experience to use for that business. They're self-serve platforms. But with that, there's give and take, you know, on both. But that's essentially digital advertising is the ability to get your message out to an audience in the digital space, which is a lot more than just Google ads, social media marketing, things like that. So how are you, you work with a wide variety of clients throughout the state and beyond. So how are you seeing people really taking advantage of digital marketing. I mean, certainly the pandemic is playing into that and, and sort of just a natural arc of where advertising is going. What do you what do you see in the marketplace right now? Yeah. So specifically because of COVID, we've actually seen a lot of businesses recognizing that they're they're resource strained, right? They would do their own digital marketing themselves, but unfortunately because of the pandemic, time is few and far between for business owners. So they're starting to put their feelers out to to figure out, well, who can do this for me? Because of the the, the need for this immediacy of, of gratification and, and revenue, social media has been a, a really big platform that, that businesses have used to get their message out as quickly as possible. I mean, they have this audience that's 
that's uh, already engaged with their brand. The audience is there and ready to listen when that brand wants to speak to them. So it's, again, it goes to that, like that ease of use. It's an easy way for a business to get out there quick to say, you know, here are our hours of operation or here are specials that we're having to try to, to try to stimulate additional revenue. So social really has, has blown up pretty, pretty heavy since, since the pandemic with, with the businesses that we work with, we tend to deploy out a more holistic marketing campaign, you know, uh, social media, of course, social media has its place. I, I think social media has been built into this juggernaut without as much real actionable value as a lot of other digital marketing opportunities are out there. But we we, we deploy out a, a litany of different digital marketing tactics. Again, social media and, and Google being, being two components to complement a larger campaign. Mm-hmm. So like what, what's the hidden gem right now? What are you, what are you, and I know the way that you're helping companies is not a one size fits all you do. I think a really great job doing a consultative selling approach where you're really meeting the needs of individual businesses, but what's your ace in the hole right now that you're, you're saying, gosh, advertisers, you really need to think about this area or this market if you want to reach your audience. Yeah. So we've been actually, uh, we've been deploying out digital marketing within local newspaper websites. We, we do that for a few different reasons. You know, our, our local newspaper websites, just from an audience perspective, Right, because at the end of the day, that's what a business wants. Is you know, there, there's so much value to to the audience that a newspaper website brings, from you know, a, a higher income to higher spending power to, in fact, uh, you know, having targeted elements. A lot of the sexiness I think that businesses tend to gravitate to towards digital marketing comes with you know being able to target to kingdom come. That's a common mistake that, that we see in, in marketing is, you know, you, you target, you, know, you frack so far down into the earth to try to reach that, that golden ticket person. You're actually targeting, you're over-targeting. With newspaper advertising and newspaper website advertising specifically, newspaper publishers have the ability to target geographically and, and demographically and even in some respects behaviorally. And I, I don't think a lot of businesses recognize that. So when you can overlay this ability to target to an audience that is just of higher quality, we're seeing more leads and we're seeing more conversions, more traffic to a website, more audience uh, or more users, I should say, uh, filling out a lead gen form, providing their email address to, to, you know, sign up for a news. All of these things, especially now are are just so incredibly valuable for, um, you know, for, for our businesses out there. Mm-hmm. So when you, I, I wanted to go back to something you said earlier about over-targeting and, and sort of how that plays in. Um, could you talk a little bit more about what over, how you can over-target somebody or an audience? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's use Facebook as an example, right? Just as, and, and the same rules will apply to other, other targeting digital media or digital marketing, I should say, but for Facebook, um, Facebook has a ton of data on who we are, what our ages are, what our birthdays are. Are we married or are we not? You know, or is it complicated? You know, there's just so much information that, that Facebook has on us. So that gives the business the ability to really drill down and can overlay so many different geographic targeting variables, uh, demographic targeting variables, interest levels, you know, so 
when a typical business that that's trying to self-market, once they build out their campaign, and, and we've seen this as I've um, as we've onboarded clients, we would take a look at their self-marketing and the the targeting that they would deploy out there was a laundry list. And when you over-target to that degree, the inventory of audience dwindles further and further down. So what that means is um, you're paying more to reach that that laser-targeted user. And it, it doesn't have necessarily this higher benefit in terms of this user being more likely to purchase, right? The, the, the increase in purchase intent just simply isn't there. So businesses as they self-target or self-market in many cases, they're, they're just, they're spending so much more to reach so much less without really gaining any additional quantifiable return on ad spend. So that's where when we take over, you know, we start deploying out, you know, a, a, a larger reach to a higher quality audience through through additional mediums like, you know, local media websites or, uh, you know, even even in print as well. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. newspapers have, have become a, a, a huge uh, value to, you know, to the nation really because uh, people are looking for places to find reliable and reputable sources of news and information. And, and that's what newspapers are doing. So there's higher loyalty. You know, we're seeing higher circulation in, in some cases on webs- on newspaper websites up to three, 400% increase in, in users sure. because of COVID. So we can leverage that. So could you talk a little bit more about kind of that trust factor? You know, there's there's almost a backlash right now against big tech. And, and honestly, that was one of the sort of reasons that we're seeing all this legislation around online privacy and digital ad tax. It's that idea that big tech is not doing right by consumers or that they are profiting off of our data, essentially. And Mm -hmm. so the idea that people don't trust the platforms, how does that play into advertising and people's propensity to look at and believe and trust the messaging they're seeing on on sort of those big platforms yeah so I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there's a there's a trust issue with big tech not only because they're you know consumers are questioning the perhaps the ethics of how big tech is operating but also the information that they're finding on these big tech platforms. You know, social media has been a swamp of misinformation. Users are keenly astute to, you know, information that they may not find valid or relevant or correct. So that that trust is just dwindled again, especially because of COVID, you know, trust has really dwindled within the social space because information is not vetted. You know, anybody can put information out that that could just be grossly inaccurate with with newspapers. I mean, that's the journalist's job. They're passionate about making sure that they're sourcing their information correctly and and double checking and triple checking. And that gives users or readers, I should say, a, a sense of comfort in knowing that when they're they're engaging with a local media website, for example, um, the information that they're getting is trustworthy. Um, so when a business and that, and that's a big thing for us is we're working with our, our clients aligning their brand alongside a trusted brand, like a newspaper increases that our client's brand value proposition. 
right? It's as simple as that. If I put Jim's Pizza Shop next to you know a newspaper that that is trusted, well, Jim's Pizza Shop is going to be trusted too. And beyond that, communities in, in our region, I, I suspect all around the United States, you know, this this shop local and support local movement is massive right now. And we as marketers can leverage that for our businesses. And, and there's no better way to reach your community than the community media that mm-hmm. they're looking at. So we're finding because of that, you know, if we if we do an A-B test on a campaign out on Facebook and do that very same campaign on a newspaper website, we're finding the newspaper website is performing much higher than on social media. And and we believe a lot of that is is just because of the just the bucket of value that the local media websites bringing to us, the audience, the the loyalty for, for their community, you know, their comfortability of trust, you know, all of those things really play a factor in, in ultimately giving our clients a better return on ad spend. Mm-hmm. And sure, getting people in the and getting lead generation or, or getting clients to buy, you know, your, your takeout delivery meal, that's, that's really the proof. And, and it feels like right now the stakes are so high because businesses are still, you know, recovering and, and hurting to a, a very real extent because of the pandemic. So they need, they need efficient options to get their message out for, when you when you're looking at i think there's there's also the idea that social media like things can go viral or like if somebody likes your page they're always going to see your messaging and is that really the case i mean like if if i'm if i'm on my business facebook page and i'm like okay i have a great sale that starts tomorrow or whatnot does anybody really see that i just i kind of wonder like i don't even see my friends posts most of the time much less you know, pages that I've liked. What's this, like, what's that behind the scenes rhythm going on that I don't know about? Yeah. So on, and and again, let's just use for simplicity, uh, uh, Facebook as an example for businesses, there's, you know, there is a value in, in, in putting out their, their special, you know, it, it gives the ability for, for a business to, to engage with a user that's interested. You know, it's like, like tagging friends are a huge thing on social media and we can leverage that when you put all of your eggs into that basket and you're living and dying or risking everything based on how social media will perform for you, that is incredible. It's uncomfortably risky um, mm-hmm. for businesses. So while there is a value there, um, you, you still have to, to start nurturing other audiences that you're not going to reach on social media because you're right. When you're pushing out on social media, you're not reaching thousands upon thousands of people, even if you have thousands upon thousands of followers on social media, unless you're paying to play. And that's where the digital advertising tax comes in. You know, if you're posting organically, you're reaching 3% of, you know, a thousand followers. You're reaching 30 people. Is it really that low? That sounds, that sounds so incredible. Huh. Yeah. So, so for, um, for, uh, yeah. So fun fact, I'll geek out for a second. So on Facebook, um, Facebook obviously wants you to pay to play it, it, the, the percentage of audience that you're going to reach organically is based on the engagement that you receive on the posts that you put out there. So big brands, like says, let's say Nike, you know, Nike gets a ton of engagement on their social media, but still when they post organically, they're not reaching hundred percent of their audience, but because they get, they get such high engagement, Facebook sees, 
okay, well, the, 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 the followers of this page support the page through likes, shares, loves, hopefully not angries or, and, and comments, you will reach more people organically. Typically at a local level, that engagement is not there as heavily as you would think. You know, if you if you put out a post and you're getting 15 or 20 likes, a business owner may say, man, this is blowing up and I've gone viral. But that's just not the case. That's that's good engagement, but it's not nearly enough to mm-hmm. to move the needle on creeping up beyond three percent. And I think three percent I'm being a bit generous, you know, with that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's almost just like small. maybe like the new version of word of mouth is would that be a way to interpret it? Because, you know, when you when you talk about a business and you expect people to share it, but that doesn't always happen. You can't control the message either. Yeah, it, it is. Facebook is is a world of crowdsourcing in that respect. And there's a value behind that. But think about when, again, let's use a pizza shop for example. When Kevin Barrier posts out, I want the best pizza in my area. And I have 30 friends that are giving me 30 different options. Well, Jim's Pizza Shop is now competing with 30 other people and they're relying on whomever uh, suggested Jim's Pizza Shop to me to, to sell for me. And that's that's tough, right? You can't control the messaging that way. You lose a lot of control as a business within the social space. And especially right now with this, this support local movement, um, while well-intentioned, it just creates an extremely competitive environment within the social space because it, there are so many competitors out there, you know, in, in, at, for a business in their area. And, and most times all of your competitors are going to get some love too, from a crowdsourcing perspective. So it really doesn't put you ahead. It puts you in a pack of a lot of competitors. Um, but that's where, you know, in, instead of plowing through this brick wall that is trying to, you know, gain an edge on your competition, well, just go around it. You know, there's a huge audience that you're not, you, you're not going to reach on social media in a lot of other different venues. And, and right now, um, just because of, of the loyalty that we're seeing from, from our, our the audience within the, you know, online websites, it's, it's bode well for us. Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. And so digital advertising, you know, is of course always, and, and when we say digital advertising, I know we've talked a lot about Facebook and social media, but it's not just socials. It's it is the your newspaper, your your website advertising, but it also is is things like e newsletters and um, and other sort of ways to reach your audiences. Could you kind of talk about those other maybe less talked about forms of digital advertising? Yeah, I, I think probably the the most hidden gem out there is promotions advertising. Um, What's that? You know, uh, and, and promotions advertising um, is, and essentially it's, it's usually done through a media company um, where they're going to partner with an advertiser. Uh, let's say for the tax season, um, I, I came across uh, a promotion where um, uh, a tax service offered um, uh, like a monetary prize uh, plus like to get your taxes done. Um, it's a sweepstakes, you know, and users can sign up to try to win this prize. And when they are signing up, um, they're, they're agreeing to to provide their information to to that sponsor. So that this tax service is gaining a huge sense of um, uh, top of mind awareness and branding 
ranks media mm-hmm. companies have to promote that this contest exists, but they're also getting a lot of important data of people that are expressing an interest to engage with that brand, um, gaining emails, um, gaining names, uh, potentially gaining phone numbers. And that that's such a valuable um, lead generation tool um, for you know, for businesses out there. And it's just, it's, you're, you're seeing promotions advertising and sweepstakes and quizzes and, you know, photo contests and things like that. You're seeing that increase more and more now. Media companies are continuing to diversify, but it's, it's still just, it, it's this like blip out there. And, and, but it has such a huge return on investment. It's, it's such an amazing way to, not only engage with the community. So now the community feels good, but it's also an amazing way to get some leads for a business to reach out to, to continue that conversation with, you know, with those uh, participants, so to speak. So it's Mm -hmm. promotions advertising huge. And and you mentioned too, e-newsletters. As people want news and information, you know, companies that provide news and information are, are placing that information in front of a user rather than the user coming to the destination to see. So, you know, aligning uh, an advertisement within an e-newsletter is, is usually pretty darn affordable, but very, very impactful. And as those emails or, or those newsletters are going out through email, it's reaching the full subscriber base. So you don't have this organic versus paid audience mm-hmm. issue like you have in, in other platforms. It's you're, you're reaching every body that they, you know, the media company has in that audience. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's still kind of vibing off of that trust factor like if they are accepting emails from that news organization then you know you're kind of cloaking your product in that in that trust as well so that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah and and they're not you know they they signed up to get those emails you know so those users willingly want that information which is just a cherry on top sure well, and back in sort of like a print paradigm, print newspapers are really the, the only place where people want to have advertising. They're like, where are my ads and circulars and get angry if they're not in there? And so it kind of in a, in a more digital frame of mind, people expect that there's advertising in their news products because that's part of being the marketplace of ideas and and uh, a local community. Now, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I kind of wanted to just check in with you. You you work with a lot of different clients and and obviously you know a lot about digital advertising. How do you walk a client through what's going to be right for them when you're consulting with them and ultimately trying to figure out, you know, well, what's going to move your revenue uh, the way you want it, what's going to bring you the leads you're looking for. Can you walk us through that process? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it all begins with the conversation. You know, um, every business has a different set of needs and you, you, you know, for, for me as a marketer, what I have to do is I have to ask a lot of open-ended questions to get a business talking about themselves and really understand, you know, what their strengths are, um, within this period of time, what are those weaknesses that they're experiencing or obstacles that they really want to get around? And, and some obstacles aren't necessarily even known by the business. So it, it just, it takes a very fine-tuned ear to understand, you know, it's, it's a business could kind of out of the side of their mouth, say something that they may not feel is very relevant, but to me, it's incredibly relevant, you know, in, in terms of, you know, I'm just not reaching enough people that, that actually speaks volumes to me. So learning more about the business and also learning about what marketing they're doing now and getting a sense of, and you know, how's it performing? 
again, you know, businesses, a lot of businesses, they, they self-market and I've dove pretty darn deep into uh, digital analytics for, for potential clients of ours, just to see if the wheel is even broken. You know, maybe it's not, you know, we, it's, I, I had a client that, uh, you know, we're handling some other aspects of their marketing, but their, their Google ads actually was, was set up pretty darn good and, and they were working really well. So I, I will never suggest to, to fix a wheel that's not broken, but really we have to identify, you know, who's the audience you want to reach? Where do you want to reach them? What are your pain points? Uh, what are your strengths? Because we want to make the, the strengths even stronger, but we also want to change those weaknesses and the strengths too. And, and each point or each bullet point that we identify as an area of opportunity usually can be remedied with a, a few different kinds of marketing. So we, you know, we have to marry all of the marketing together to really create a holistic campaign that has synergy and brand and synergy and messaging that's going to create repetition and that's going to create higher return on investment. That makes a lot of sense. And I want to, I want to leave our listeners with you, you work with so many different clients and you've done some really cool things in marketing this past year. And over the course of your time at MDDC, do you have a campaign or a client that you've worked with that you just feel amazing about? And I have really made a huge difference in their business. I'd love to, you know, just the feel good story of, of the podcast. Who, who do you love the most? Oh, I love all of my clients. Everyone absolutely equally. If I were to have to pick one campaign that that really just kind of pulls at my passion, uh, every time I go into the campaign, it's it's for company Players Fitness and Performance. I'm going to give them a shout out. They're one of the premier, they are the premier fitness facility in, in Frederick County. They specialize working with student athletes, high school athletes to not only increase their, their physical performance, but also their mental mindset. A great bunch of people. And I, I would go into Players Fitness for probably a year. And, and I would, I was struggling to try to figure out, well, what could I do for them until I, I looked up at their wall and they have this huge, like 10 by 10 quote that says, what's your why? That's, that's their true North. Uh, so I, I just came up with this beautifully simplistic idea to feature their student athletes every month in a video to tell a story. And throughout time, you know, we've been able to tell so many amazing stories about so many amazing athletes, not, not only gives those, those student athletes their, their time in the spotlight, but also in fact, after the first video that we did, and I've been working with this client for a few years now, I went back to my client and I said, what do you think? And, and with a smiling from ear to ear there, they said, you know what, the, the, the father of, of the athlete that you just featured, um, they just signed on for three more years because they were so impressed and so proud and happy. Yeah. So it, it was just from a standpoint of how, you know, how it benefits the client, you know, my client's very modest and humble. I'm a greedy marketer. You know, I want to, I want to bring the dollars in for my clients. So to, to hear that really, I mean, really put a smile on my face, but you know, we, we've told so many great stories and in fact, stories that have been seen by college recruiters as a part of the recruitment process for that student athlete. So it, it's the indirect benefit is it's helping a student, you know, get into a college of their dreams and to play in the sport that they've play, been playing in for so long at a collegiate level. 
it's just, it's so cool how something so beautifully simple can have such a huge impact in so many different ways. So the Players Fitness and Performance Athlete of the Month campaign is, it will probably, that will always have a special place in my heart and will always be my favorite. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, and you know, it strikes me that it kind of picks up the the word of mouth piece, the helping the community and really expressing the values of that client. You know, it's taking something that they already do well and just making sure more people know about it and fitting it into a, a format where people can interact with it and share it. In a, in a way that's not like, oh, go and look at the wall at the, at the at the facility. You're really bringing it out into the community. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you do, let's just be clear, you do it all. You you coordinate the interviews, the video, the, the metrics, the whole nine yards, correct? I do. Yeah. The client gives me the athlete that they, they voted on for the month. And then the client doesn't see the the video until it's live and, and I handle it all. And, and the, the interesting thing is, you know, this, this medium that that's providing such a large benefit is one of the most traditional forms of marketing since like the beginning of time. It's content, it's content creation. That's mm-hmm. all it is. But the type of content that we're creating has this this emotional pull and has such a feel good message um, and and in fact with our client giving us so much creative freedom on um, how we approach it, um, it it's it's like a gift every month to them they're they're excited to see the video and before it goes a day before it goes live on their social and, and uh, social channels and website they'll pull together their full staff and they'll sit around a TV and they'll watch this you know three to five minute video and, and they actually use it as a as a training tool to, oh, wow. to just reiterate, what, yeah, what the what the business and what those employees and those trainers are doing for, you know, for these student athletes. It's just it's just such a beautiful campaign. It's it's one that I I I'll always love it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming to talk to me about digital advertising. If people want to get in touch with you, I want to ask also if there's anything, any last things that you'd like to say and how people get can get in touch with you. We'll put it in the show notes, but you may as well speak it out loud and tell us how to reach you. Absolutely. So I will offer out to any business that's listening here. We'll, we'll do a free uh, marketing consultation. I know free has been overplayed, but uh, you know, we, we address uh, marketing consultations as um, looking at what marketing you're doing now and how it's doing for you. And uh, we'll give you some suggestions. And at the end of the day, if anything, you know, you'll walk away with some more information and some insight from a 20 year experience marketing team. And uh, you know, hopefully it can improve your marketing there. Um, if you want to reach MDDC Ad Services, you can head to mddcadservices.com. That's um, services or you can with an S, right? Services, services with, with an S, yeah. That's uh, correct, yes. Or you can email us at kbarrier, B-E-R-R-I-E-R, at mddcpress.com. Great. Well, thanks so much. And what? any final words as we as we head on out into the horizon? Keep moving forward, everyone. Keep marketing. It's so important to get your message out there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. Thanks for listening to Five Dubs with Rebecca Snyder. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts so that others can find us. What do you want to know about local journalism? Email me at rsnyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, at mddcpress.com. 
Interested in supporting our podcast and journalism? Please donate to our 501c3 Press Foundation. Find out more and see the full episode list and show notes at www.5-dubs.com.